Electricast. Hello, it's Missing the Point. It's a Celtics show. So if you have no interest in the Boston Celtics or basketball in general, I would still listen because we're very interesting people. It is going to be centered around uh, contract talks and uh, basketball finances. So, you know, unless you're like in the nitty gritty, you might have something to learn here. But essentially, we're here. I'm here with Mike Marcangelo and Rayshon Buchanan. We're here to talk about, for the most part, Jalen Brown's historic NBA contract. He's the highest paid basketball player of all time. I say historic with sort of like air quotes around it because my first reaction to the contract, I, you know, I don't know about you guys. Maybe you're on the same page as me. We haven't talked a ton about it in the chat. But for me, it was like, well... I don't think he's going to be the highest paid basketball player of all time for very long. I, like if you look at the top five players that have renewable contracts coming up in the next three years, your Joel Embiid's, your Giannis's, your Jason Tatum's, I think that there's going to be numbers in the 300 millions popping up more frequently as our sport grows. I, I'm I'm happy that the players get paid like this in basketball personally, but I think to start. We should talk about the idea of Jalen Brown specifically getting paid this kind of this kind of money because compared to what you would call like S tier, top tier, bona fide all stars like your Giannis's, et cetera, et cetera, your Jokic's, uh, he's our second option, you know, officially on this team. So him being the highest paid basketball player of all time, and the internet having like sort of, you know, the have cornered the market on instant reactions and. Uh, uh, I get reacting to the principle of that, but realistically, Mike, I'll start with you. What else are we going to do? I mean, I, I know your stance on it sort of vaguely, but I, I, I go to you to, to sort of illuminate me. It, it, was there another path we could have gone down that didn't result in just a disgruntled free agent, Jalen Brown, or and like this essentially being dead money? Or do you think that like, because I, I have seen you in the chat, like be a little bit balk, a little bit at the idea of like us not being able to basically pay anybody else now because 90% of our cap is taken up. But like, what, was there an alternative? And and if so, I would love, I would love to hear it. And I, I, I mean, maybe you have one, you, you're the numbers guy. Yeah. So I don't, I don't have an alternative. Uh, I, I want to start off by saying like, I do, I do not begrudge him for taking his money, like uh, $304 million. Good for him. The problem that I have, because I mean, this is the way that the league set up, right? I don't look at him as a person that should be the highest paid player in NBA history for any amount of time. And that's not a knock on him. He's not Tatum. He's not Curry. He's not, he's not the Joker, right? But he's just not that. So, it, but I, I don't blame him. Like I said, I, I don't blame him. For taking it. I think the other option that you outlined would be that you don't pay him and now you have a guy that's on the last year of his deal, but doesn't want to be here. And then what, right? There's, you don't really know well, what you get for him. I think he, uh, you know, we, we talked about this a lot in the, in the past. I think he shows up the most. I think you can never question his heart, but with him, it's all about the talent. And I, I'll just go back to what I said before. It's, it's wild to me that you pay a, pay a guy $300 million over the course of uh, what? Yeah. Five years. And he still can't dribble through his lap. He just can't do it. And so, no, I, I don't. Well, I don't he wasn't have, getting paid three hundred million yet. <laughs> like, right. maybe well, now, now he'll learn. Now that, he, now that he is, he has no reason to learn. 
<laughs> you know, yeah. well, what's the, where's the incentive there? But I mean, uh, we can dive into like, what all the what all the morons on social media are saying about about him later. But in terms of just basketball, it he didn't set like you. He just happened to get a second, you know, uh, on BAT, and he is a great player. I just would never say Jalen Brown is a top eight player in the NBA. But are you a top? Like, aren't you eight to ten? If you're in, if you make second team All NBA, like by definition, like if you're you're one of the ten best players, right? Yeah, I mean, the, but like the antagonist in me wants to say he made it once in the last in, in the first six years, so he's he's getting paid because of that. Yeah, Ray, I'm interested in your overall thoughts on the deal, but specifically to start it off, do you think? Would you agree with me that of all the players on our team, if there's anyone, because I think Mike hinted at this slightly, if there's anybody that isn't going to be swayed or lose motivation by a bag this size, it's Jalen Brown, or is that just like a, a sort of a persona thing? Uh, no, I, I think that's that's a fair point. I think that even, I know, I can say I think people thought that he might have took a little less because he took a little less. Uh, when he re-upped a few years ago, I think it was like four years at 115, and that, that was still at the time. Because that, that was basically he was getting around Al Warford money to say, we was like, wow, like that's that's crazy. Uh, we thought that he would want more. So, <laughs> lo and behold, <laughs> two years later, he, he wants more. But, yeah, I, I think that, you know, he, and, you know, and we'll talk about it from his press conference, like he... Yeah, I have a lot, I have the, a lot of notes he, on that. Because yeah, I, I do he, like... He, really, yeah. Oh, no, I, regardless, yeah. But then we did two minutes on a seven minutes out. That was going to come up uh, yeah. tonight. But it's just, I, he's clearly, you know, invested and committed to generational wealth and uh, helping, other, help, helping others around him and, you know, near and far uh, in attaining that goal. So I think that, you know, that that's where his, his mindset was. But, you know, from a basketball standpoint, yeah, like I think that he's he's improved every year with the exception of the 2018, 2019 year, where he took a little bit of a step back. But I just think that was a weird year for the team in general. Uh, but sort things that was going on with, you know, Kyrie. His points per drive, is, points per drive are actually up compared yeah. to the rookie season in 2018, 2019. His overall efficiency does go down. I agree. And yeah, yeah it was a weird year. But you're, I, I was actually going to make the same point that year on yeah. year he has improved. Yeah, so, I, so that, and that, that's where I, I don't get the, the disconnect that people are having. Here it's just like he he literally just got better every year. Once again, you can look at basketball reference. You know, Google is your friend. He he gets better every year. So yeah, is is the handle and the turnovers infuriating? Of course. And once again, I want I'm on record, and I and I'll say this as relevant to the conversation. The only deal that I thought would have been suffice for him in the offseason would have been if you traded him back home to Atlanta, and we would have gotten Dejounte Murray, Kongu. And I think in the city, city bay back in the deal, could I felt like that would have made it more well rounded. You would have got three for one there. You could have maybe got some draft picks here. So I was all working with that. So for those that say to me, "Oh, you changed the tune," no, like I, I, I want, I wanted him to say, but once again, I understand that if there's anyone that marches to the beat of his own drum on the scene, it's him. So he could have said, "Yeah, thanks, but no thanks," and then they would have, they would have had to, you know, they would, their head would have been forced. And they would have to deal with him, if not now, but definitely by, you know, by February. So, yeah. So, either way, like I said, I'm glad he got his money. But like I said, in basketball-wise, he's improved every year. And I think that, you know, we still have another level to see him in, in NJ, NJT uh, get to in the future. Yeah. Mike, 
I wonder if you could put your GM cap on for a second. Just think about it from like the the Brad Stevens point of view, right? If you are trying to to run this basketball team in like the most efficient, business savvy, and basketball savvy way that you possibly can, you can't have the attitude that the the masses have. And this this is just something that Ray made me think of as he was talking. You can't have the attitude the masses have of like my last memory of Jalen Brown is who Jalen Brown is, right? Like you can't say like, okay, he fucked up against the heat. He was like a big part of the reason why we didn't win that series because he didn't come to play the way that we know that he can. And yes, I agree. Like his handles are frustrating. If you're Brad Stevens, I think you have to look at it from an overall perspective, like the whole pie chart, right? You can't be like, we can't pay a guy 364 or whatever it is that that's got handles like that like we can't you know what i mean like it's like to to raise yeah. raise made this point previously it's like go find me 27 a night somewhere else like i it's not it, it's not out there you know like it's 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 right. not you're it's not something you're going to just go scoop up you know so you're in sort of like i guess the overall point i'm trying to make and and i'm i'm talking to you guys but really i'm talking to the world at large with like their this sort of general dumb fuckery that's that's gone on around this this deal you mm-hmm. have to look at it, and Mike, tell me if you agree, just and if you're Brad Stevens. Like, I, I know what you're saying as a Celtics fan, and I do hear that point. But if you're Brad Stevens, you have to just make the correct call here, right? <laughs> like, the correct call yeah, for you- Boston is to give him this money to, to keep this core together. And also, I, and I think to his credit and the overall team's credit, and I'm sure we'll talk about this more as, as the preseason um, comes up and, and as the season progresses, Putting a, a supporting cast of veterans around around Joe Missoula and changing the emphasis from the backcourt to the front court, which is something I've been stabbing myself in the fucking eyes talking about for the last three goddamn years. And like actually making that move and actually making that like making that happen and saying essentially to 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 the team, if not the world, it wasn't Jalen Brown's fault that we couldn't get it done. Where the team as currently constituted wasn't correctly put together. We were imbalanced. We need this, 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 and this. We had a first-year coach. We had coaching imbalances and, and issues in the offseason beforehand. So if we look at this team and we look at their core, we can't lose faith in their core. It would be a dumb basketball decision. Is, is that at least fair? Yeah. No, and listen, it's completely fair. Like, you can't let this guy go. You definitely can't get nothing back for him, right? Uh, the way that I look at this is, <clears throat> listen, again, I, I'm on record on this show and it will go, and it will go down history is probably the, the worst take ever that I would trade Jason Tatum over Jalen Brown because I, I just I, I like that you know I, I, I like his heart I like all of it my point uh, that I would that I guess I'm trying to make though is I don't really look at this as a five-year deal this is a two-year deal because when it's, Tatum a, depe- gets, it's a depending it's a depending on success deal though right like it's a it's, right. a, it's it's what happens in those two years I agree wholeheartedly yeah like it, it, it listen if they if they go the Warriors route they win two uh, in the next two years, or they they win one and they're in their finals the next year, then you have to think about okay, we have to pay Brown and Tatum both supermax, and then we get to the part where ninety percent of the cap is taken up by three players. But I think too much of the onus was you know we all put blame on Jalen and players. Like all three of us on this show, of course, it was very off. frustrating to watch at the right. time. You yep. know, like th- yep. this is they, like I think the listeners at home know that there's two versions of this show. There's the there's this, which is the analytical. You know, what did I do this week? It wasn't very fucking basketball related. You know what I mean? Like I I read some tweets on basketball Twitter. Like I went on the fucking Celtics, like Boston.com Celtics page, you know, like and browsed it for a second, as opposed to 
in the fucking foxhole on the fucking front lines. It's a little bit of a different perspective. But now that we have some room is what I'm saying. That's like, this is like speaking to my overall point. No, a, a thousand percent. This is, you, you have to do whatever you can do uh, for the next two years to see if this fortune went. And I think that they've made the moves uh, in this offseason with this included is that, okay, we, we, like you said, we started Joe with actual assistant coaches that have been in the league. We now gave, we now got Porzingis who was going to change the offense uh, and put it on set. And it should make life, you know, the likes of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown easier. See what, see what you can do. But I, I do think that this, uh, I'm glad he got paid in my, in my opinion, as, as we record this, this is still just two year, a two-year deal. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I think that from a basketball sense, I think we're all in sort of an agreement here. It, it's it. Nobody wanted to break up the Jays. Nobody wanted to break it up, at least in the sense of like let's let let's let Jalen Brown get pissed off and then like have another tumultuous offseason. I think we're all on the same page there. And I do want to talk about what this team looks like. Uh, again, I know we've like touched on it like since the Porzingis trade and we've all sort of talked about it separately, but I do want to have another conversation at some point about what this team looks like from a basketball sense. But before we do that, I think it's important to note, like, I mean, obviously the socialist in me loves to hear this. Uh, I fucking loved his press conference. Like I, it was like one of my favorite, if not my favorite, probably, it probably was my favorite contract signing press conference of all time, only because I don't remember having any emotions about any other ones because like, who gives a shit? But but for him to come in and say things like, I want to attack the wealth disparity. The exact quote was, I want to launch a project to bring Black Wall Street here to Boston. I want to attack the wealth disparity here. I think there's analytics that support that stimulating the wealth gap could actually be something that uh, could be betterment for the entire economy. With the biggest financial deal in NBA history, it makes sense to talk about, one, your investment in the community, but two, also the wealth disparity here that nobody wants to talk about. It's top five in the U.S., and it's something we can all improve on. It's unsettling. And that's true. Massachusetts ranks uh, in the top five across all 50 states in the largest income inequality gap. The entirety of America is suffering from a boulder hurtling down a mountain that is income inequality that I have to tell you, if if history is any indication, results in the richest 1% of people getting their fucking heads chopped off. So I think at the at the end of the day, Jalen Brown is doing at least first of all saying it out loud, which which we love. I, I think that you know it it does a couple of things from a personal level. It immediately like deflects any shut up and dribble bullshit or like you know go go do this and this. It's like he's speaking intelligently on this subject. Like he's saying things that are factually true that can be backed up with with statistics and numbers. So anybody that wants to get stupid about it in the comment section. Go off because you sound fucking stupid. Secondly, like, and that's from a personal PR standpoint. Secondly, it's doubling down on his buying in on uh, being a member of this community, being yep. a member of, of, of the Boston Celtics, but also being a member of Boston and Massachusetts as a whole. So, Ray, I'll start uh, with you on this. I think, uh, you know, can you speak to Jalen Brown's perspective on the subject, the Celtics perspective on the subject and 
uh, if you're if you're happy with having somebody like this on the team whose immediate reaction, because I certainly have, but whose immediate reaction oh. is to be like, what can I do with this money? I'm sure there's people out there that were saying it's lip service, but I feel like he's put his money where his mouth is in the past and like shows up for this stuff. So we'll see, I yeah. guess. Yeah, I'm well, the, the lip service comments were there. The, the And I put in air quotes, the shut up and dribble comments were there too. Of course. Um, this which, is the internet. Know, it, 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 yeah, but it, it, it was it was so it was it, it, it was just the, the the level of ignorance and ineptitude that's that that is around Celtics Twitter at times and just the incident as a whole was was really really annoying. Once again, not surprising, but very very annoying to see. Uh, but to answer your question, I, I think that uh, it may be the first time we've heard an athlete in the city speak about that. Maybe I'm great. I don't. We wasn't around. Bill Russell, and obviously, you know, I know you and I did a show, uh, DK, about you know his legacy, meeting Bill Russell when he, when he passed away yeah. uh, last year. But you know, I mean, obviously, we you know what he was fighting against and social injustices, and you know, you know, trying to make things right at, at that time. But I don't, I don't know. If we've had an athlete in the city that speak about that. I know, I know, I know Matthew Slater speaks about Mr. stuff as, as a patriot, but for I, like I said, Tatum. Had, it's not someone, and once again, I think he's more, he seems like he's more of a behind the scenes person. He doesn't seem like he wants to talk about stuff on the front line. That's fine. I don't, like I said, Pierce wasn't like this. Antoine Walker was like this. Dana Barrett wasn't like this. Cedric Maxwell, so on and so forth. So, so. I don't know if the culture of the NBA was or is like this, to be to be totally honest with no, you. No, sure, think- sure. Right. But I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to, I'm, I'm speaking to the fucking idiots that, yeah. that, <laughs> yeah. you know, that, that I'm not saying that's about, a good thing. Oh, you know, oh, he's, he's saying this and, Oh, you know, you need to worry about worry about dribble or left. I'm like, yo, some some of y'all couldn't go right or left in a YMCA. You worried about someone that gets up at night in the NBA? Are you are you are you dumb? Are you for real? Like that 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 that's that's what blows my mind. But and and anyways, I just I just think to me, I it to show once again to get that type of deal and immediately say it's not like oh like I'm I'm going to get a car or and oh and once again getting in one of people how that that's nothing wrong with that. But as usually the first instance we get right. Getting my mom a house or getting my, you know, I, I know it's close to his grandfather. Getting my grandfather a house. Getting, which would have been, that had been a phenomenal answer. I don't think anyone would have been mad about that. But when you attack, like, and what the, give the intellect he gave to that, um, you know, with that answer, it's like, yo, like, I am super proud to have him still here in, in Boston. And yeah, like you said, Dave, like, it, it shows his commitment, uh, not just the excellence, but commitment to, uh, you know, uh, making sure that this city is a lot better when he leaves than when he found it. So once again, if that if that's not a guy you want to represent your franchise, I, I don't I don't know what is honestly. Yeah. So I think that there, everything that you just said, I a thousand percent agree with. Right. I think that the, the biggest knock on his non uh, basketball game uh, by every talking head around here has always been he doesn't seem like he's invested in his community in the community and doesn't want to be part of Boston. I, I mean. How can you watch that press conference and think and still think that? Like it, it is, he, all this guy wants to do on the court, it seems, is make other people's lives better and right. do and leave, and leave this place better than what, than when you walk into it. So like, listen, I, I'm of the, uh, of the mindset that I still think he needs to work on dribbling to the left, although I could not dribble to the right or to, or to the left, but th- that does not mean that he should not be able to to do all the great things that he's intending to do in the community like the, my favorite quote when it, uh, of the press conference and i thought i'll just do air quotes because i can't really go word for word but when they said like what 
you know, what was your reaction when you found out? And he said, you know, like we were just in the middle of a robotics seminar here with the kids. And I was like, that is fucking awesome. How could you question this guy's integrity? You can't. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I, you know, something you said, Ray. I mean, I, I didn't been jumping around personally. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not, once again, I, 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 I want to, I want to be clear. Ray Sean Buchanan would not have given that type of answer to Dylan Brown. You know, I, I want to be clear. <laughs> I would, I would have talked about, I'm going to get a house. I'd have got my mama. I, I'd have been talking about all of that. Uh, <laughs> I'd have talked about, let's reinvent back into this show. I'd have been talking about all that. I would not have talked about, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm just being honest. Would I give it to some schools? Absolutely. But I would not have talked about what what he spoke about yesterday. I'm just I'm just being real. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm, I mean, it's an interesting point you bring up though because it's the, the difference between talking about it and doing it. And I think that, like I like I said, I do think he's going to follow through with this stuff. I do think this is the kind yeah. of guy he is. I think that he's proved that already. And you know, I I as as you guys were talking, I was just scrolling because I have the the quotes pulled up, but I happened to find the quote on on a Fox News affiliate, and I was scrolling down the comments, and you had said like you know. Not surprising, but like annoying. And like reading some of these comments, it's like you feel like you get dumber by the second. One person, for instance, uh, brought up the idea that he's like, well, great. All the because of your big contract, all the tickets are going to get more expensive for us, the average workers. And I was like, that's just like a lack of basic economic understanding. <laughs> like, unfortunately, sir, like that's just not how that works. But like there, there's no like the, the idea. Tickets are high, though. You're not wrong. <laughs> Yeah, well, but like the thing yeah, is, is like odd, get, that's not that's not why. There's two factors. There's two principal factors in ticket prices going up. Well, I'd say three actually. It's uh, the success of the team. So how much you can charge for the product, right? I'd say that's like number one. We're a top seven team, probably top three. We're probably the betting favorites to win the the whole fucking thing at this point with the Porzingis trade. So yeah, the tickets are going to be expensive. Two is inflation. Uh, which we're actually not doing too, too bad compared to the rest of the world right now in America. But three is fucking secondary sales. Like all you have to do is go to Congress and pass a fucking law that Ticketmaster can't charge you fucking up the ass for selling on tickets that bought spot when, uh, you know, Taylor Swift is playing or whatever the fuck. Like that's one, that's one bill <laughs> to like solve that. And you're like mad at Jalen Brown. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Education is key, guys. So, but my point uh, that that it made me think when you were talking about this, Ray, is the idea of talking about something and bringing awareness to a converse to, to bringing a conversation to a subject that maybe doesn't get touched on. Like I didn't know that Massachusetts specifically, and we used to do a fucking Boston sports podcast here. You <laughs> know, like this is primarily what we talk about. But I didn't know that Massachusetts had such a high income inequality gap. That wouldn't occur to me on face value about the Massachusetts I experienced. But then you start to think about it, you start to look at it, you start to think about the kind of towns that you can go to as you travel west of Boston, right? When when you hit your like South Boroughs and, and you and you hit your 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 Berkshires and, and all this different stuff and you're like, oh yeah, I do remember that like Grafton looked a lot fucking different from South Borough. You know what I mean? And you do start to think about these things. And the fact that he just said that in the press conference, like regardless of of taking the money and and you know, making generational wealth happen and and changing in, in the income gap in 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 his community, I've learned something from it. Like, why can't we talk about it? Why can't we bring this shit up and like I actually have a conversation about it? And the thing is, is like people say people that say shut up and dribble. It's like everyone on earth has a platform now. We have a platform. Everybody's got a fucking Twitter account or a Threads account or whatever. But 
some people are still listened to more than others. And somebody signing a $304 million contract is going to get listened to more than other people. It's still a higher platform. It's still a voice that gets to more people. So him turning around and saying, like, this is a problem is helpful in and of itself. So I just I, I'm, I'm, I welcome the hate, as always. If you guys want to comment on, uh, on that point, I'm happy to engage with you. I, yeah, on, on, honestly, fuck. Yeah, that's what I mean. It doesn't bother me. And also, it like, specifically, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Specifically, I think what what he's talking about is the idea that all over the, this country, because of disparities in station from the time that black people were forced to come here, you are still playing fucking catch up. So when you have a, a league that is predominantly black, you get to turn around and say, like, yeah, I'm going to probably do something to fix that when I make a fucking billion dollars. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, why right. the fuck wouldn't you? You know, so. I think it brings uh, context to this conversation. I think it brings awareness to this conversation. And the thing about this stuff is it's hard to talk about because of the amount of people that disagree and because of the amount of people that are in a position where they're ignorance and they're allowed to just show their fucking ass on the internet. But the only thing that fixes it is conversations about it repeatedly, hard conversations, shit right. people don't want to hear. And also the thing that fixes everything, right. cold hard cash. So, yeah, you, it's not a problem. There's no such thing as a problem if you can pay to make it go away. It's not a problem. <laughs> it's, it's just not an issue anymore. That, 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 so that, that I do hope he's able to do that. I really, I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what he's able to do with it. But back Absolutely. to basketball, because that is what we do here primarily. And I apologize for the, for the preachy. Actually, I don't. Fuck you guys. Yeah, um, right. But, uh, <laughs> but the, let's talk about the Celtics team as, the, as they're currently constituted, because I am actually excited to start thinking about how we're going to play basketball. and. I think if you look at the way that the, like I was just having a conversation with a friend the other day and he brought up this point to me, which I didn't agree with, where he was like, well, why do we need two wings? And I was like, because it's better, like two wings at this level is what he was saying. Like, why do two of our best guys both need to be wing players? And it's like, my opinion on it, like, let me know what you guys think, is because we're so much better than everybody else at that position. <laughs> like, and, and you can see it, right? And I think that the, the, the idea, and this is what I, I mean, this is nothing new that I've said to you guys a million times before, the idea of the backcourt being the focus, right? Because what is a backcourt, right? It's a facilitation uh, area of the, of, the, of the court. Like you're, you're playmaking from there. Yeah, you're scoring from there for sure, but you're running guys out. You're playing good defense to start. You know, you're meeting the, uh, the, the other team defensively head on with, it, with a solid backcourt. Like all these things do matter. But when you have two wings that, can you know bring the ball up? I know we have issues with Jalen Brown's dribbling, but can, that can bring the ball up. That can drive. That can be effective at like at the rim. I, my opinion is, has always been the best support for that is a solid front court. So now that we have rim protection, uh, you know another solid three point shooter and inside scoring for Kristaps Porzingis. Mike, I don't think I've gotten your opinion on it. I know you've done shows surrounding it, but uh, now that we have this. How do you see us playing basketball? And, and, and I, of course, neglected to mention, uh, shame on me, the additions of our uh, veteran coaching staff now. And how is it that you see us playing basketball? And how different is it going to be than this time in May? Yeah, well, I actually think uh, that there's going to be more, going to be a more or bigger emphasis on defense this year than there was last year. And because oh, that was fucking the first... from your mouth to God's ears. <laughs> I mean, it, it... That was that was the first thing that Jalen talked about when when he went when, when he was asked about about the additions and then Marcus leaving. So I think that there's going to be the defense is definitely going to be on the line of, of the Celtics. I also think now that they're in a they're in a great position 
to run the give and go with, with Porzingis and either Brown or Tatum. Now like that just changes everything. You don't need Al Horford to play 82 games from a center. You can slide him out to, to be a power forward if you want. You can have Rob do that too. I think that this, I don't think that this team is going to fall back defensively. I think they're actually going, I think you're going to see a, a, a great improvement. And I think the, the addition of Porzingis will make life easier for, for Jalen Brown. He will not have to press that, uh, that, that much or drive or drive with such emphasis uh, to the basket because Porzingis is going to be around. Like everyone is going to be worried about him. You weren't worried about, about Rob taking a three. Now the playoffs, you really weren't are worried about uh, Horford taking the three because he went off, he went like zero for a hundred in that last series and a half. Now, like, <laughs> I, I don't think. The lane's going to be as crowded as it was last year, which will make Jalen Brown better. Yeah, yeah. I I think the idea of and I you know me and Ray and Bobby had a conversation about this not too long ago, like being able to score at every level. You know, where you have to basically make the defense pick their poison. And I think there were so much more balance on that now than we were before. Specifically, when it comes to Jalen Brown, Ray, like, what kind of a season are you expecting him to have? Are you thinking that a defensive emphasis, the addition of Sam Cassell and uh, uh, what's his, what's the other guy's name? Charles Lee. Yeah, Charles Lee. With the addition of those two guys, with the addition of Porzingis, and I think maybe some some moves still in the in the works, and and we are going to mm-hmm. like uh, you know a wish list, a, a dream trades that or or signings that could still happen before the season mm-hmm. gets gets underway, but. Specifically around Jalen Brown, since this is the sort of theme of the show, where where do you think we're we're gonna see him? What kind of a what kind of a player is he gonna be next year? I mean, I it sounds like you think he's gonna improve. Yeah, so so oddly enough, so I know he got what twenty was like a little under twenty seven tonight this year. I think offensively he takes a step back points wise. I like obviously I don't think that he still will give because yeah, we him, don't need him to score as but, much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think so for he'll go. I think he goes from 26 a game, 27 a game to like 22 or 23 a game. I think he makes his first all NBA selection uh, this year. I think that happens. I think that, yeah, it, it would be. And once again, he, he has the tools to do so. Once again, if you know him, him and Derek White out there on, on a regular basis should be to wreak havoc just like it did when, when Smart was out there at the time. So I, I, I love, I love that possibility. So yeah, I, I think they, you know, once again, for him saying it, I think that's where he's going to remind people that he was or that he is a really good two-way player not just someone uh that's going to dunk on you or was really good from the mid-range so yeah i think i think in all and all you know all defensive team selection is, is is coming and you know i think that's where we'll see the improvement you know in addition hopefully to the uh you know to, to the ball you know, to the, that that's needed but yeah but to answer your question about how you think how, how i think we're going to play i i don't i don't think i mean i know last year we did a lot of five out which is basically not essentially just not having someone in the paint. I think that does change. I know people think that Porzingis is all all he does is shoot threes, and yes, that is the element of his game that you know once again we were clearly missing, you know, alongside Warford. But I, I do think the fact that he's able to have a post up game, and you know, as, as I always say about you know scoring from every level, he can do that. So I, I think that, that it just it just makes him more of a threat everywhere, and it makes him less predictable. And that, that's the key. I think at times it was like your turn, my turn. So they, they yeah, would get. I bumped. mean, how yeah, many it, fuck, it bumped, how many times uh, have we had that conversation? Right. It's, yeah. It's exactly. Turn, basketball. Yeah. Like we have to get away right. from that. Right. Exactly. So they, they they would get bogged down, you know, when it when it mattered most. So 
hopefully that's, you know, once again, it's, it's, it's going to happen at times next year. That's just, you know, certain nights you're just off. Hopefully more times than not, you know, we, we see something where it's like, okay, they are running actual offense through certain people. And, you know, we, we you know, last time we was all, we just, we just talked about stuff with Rob. Uh, Rob was out here <laughs> trying to get his KG shit on. And we, we talked about this. We, we've, been, we've been asking for this. Yes. <laughs> can, they, can they get a 15-foot jumper? Because that changes a lot of things. Yes. Yes. Well, the same, if he's able to hit a 15-foot shot, like, like a LaMarcus Aldridge, or even, even as a matter of fact, I, I don't even want to put that type of pressure on him. LaMarcus Aldridge was, was, a, was a number two pick back in the day. Yeah, but you and just, I agreed this, on. We yeah, settled. Just, just and, be, let's be Brendan Bass. You and I, you and I settled on. I think we come because I wanted a Euro step for, for Rob Williams. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And you were like, yeah, a drop be, step. You were like, a drop yeah. step. Let's just settle on a yeah. drop step. And I was just like, be, okay. Just be right. Brendan Bass. Yeah, Just be Brendan Bass. You know, some like he's so fucking long, though. Like he's so long. If he had any sort of touch, like layup, finish, like finishing ability, it'd be a wrap. It, it's it'd be a wrap. My God, like I would just have him. In, you remember when um the Lakers had Andrew Bynum, and it was mm-hmm. like it was like all the potential in the world, like trapped inside somebody with a brain that just had no interest in getting good at basketball. <laughs> it's like they like he was just like, and he was always injury prone. So like I, you know, I shouldn't shit on him too bad, but it was like Kareem was taking him to the gym and shit. And I'm like Rob, just like. Oh, I can do yeah, he, he five had... ex-NBA players that you should just be at the gym with every fucking day. So, you, you know, so ironically, before you let my go, what's funny about that, right? Andrew Bynum had phenomenal footwork. Unbelievable. He, he just couldn't finish. Unbelievable. No. He, he had million-dollar moves, but he couldn't was so finish. so athletic for his size. Like, yeah, it was just so like, the Lakers, as, as annoying as it was from like, every Lakers fan you ever talked to that was like, just wait until Bynum, like, it's dot, dot, dot. Just wait until Bynum, dot. They were not wrong. Like, it must have been so fucking frustrating to be like, just do the thing and i like i'm just worried that like where you know the 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 pendulum is swinging one way or the other for rob because like he could be such a beast around the rim you know and i'm talking about yeah. and and this is the point i've always made and i just want to keep doubling down on it because i'm not talking about being static or getting held up under the rim when like Giannis or, or Jokic or any of those guys are around there right or Embiid, especially Embiid, because Embiid fucking murders him i don't know if we talked about that enough but Embiid absolutely fucking owns rob williams but which is fine. I mean, like, if that's the yeah, guy that he, he, like, yeah, it's not that he, big he deal. Everybody, so yeah, okay. but he especially fucking was just absolutely torturing Rob in that series. But it's like, if Rob, <laughs> if Rob could just get a little speed facing the basket and a move facing the basket, so we can ha- have him help finish in transition. Like, you're gonna watch Chris Taps do on the pick and roll. Hopefully, if they if they know what to do with him, um, yeah. Mike, I'm curious about your opinion on this too because the idea. I mean, you. This is something I think that you could probably have a little uh, catchphrase in our Discord group when the Celtics came on. Uh, I think your catchphrase would probably be just go to the fucking rim. Just go to the fucking rim. And like Ray touched on this before I went off. Pretty on much. Yeah, before <laughs> I went off on a, on a prerequisite, uh, the NBA from 2006 to 2009, Andrew Bynum rant. Um, we were talking about this five out offense that the Celtics play. And I, I think that you, you, you're a perfect guy to have here because besides me, you're probably the, la- the person who most doesn't want to see a five out <laughs> Celtics right. offense. And I think, yes, the addition of Chris Tapps on paper makes it look like we just added another three-point shooter. But I think the problem isn't necessarily our five-out play. It's the fact that we let guys get put on an island when we were five-out. And and every single time we did that, it looked like our last resort. If you're going to play that basketball, you got to do it. And I, I don't fucking murder me, Celtics Twitter. But you got to do it the Brad Stevens way. you got to pass it real fucking fast around the perimeter so that somebody gets space or drive and dish. Like... I know it's not technically five out if someone's in the paint, but you got to get the guys on the perimeter space because it's not a good shot if someone's in your fucking face. Like, it's just not. 
I don't care uh, if you're fucking Jason Tatum. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not a good shot. And when we're settling for this, your turn, my turn, uh, ISO ball, on an island stuff, Mike, I know you're one of the top contenders for, like, most frustrated when this happens. And I would love, like, just to hear your, like, dream scenario with this new new look Celtics front court of, of what uh, a pick and roll or what, like, a, like even a pick and pop with Chris Stapps, you can run those. Like, what, what does this Celtics basketball look like in the paint now? You remember the, the brand of basketball they played when IT, like in his MVP year, when when uh when Brad, it was just, it it was it was team basketball. There was none of that ISO shit, even though we all knew that IT was the guy. Right. He, he he was always he always either got himself open or he was passed open. I think yep. uh, uh, on this team, if you run that similar uh, Brad Stevens offense, it's going to be deadly because if you look at the starting five. There's and let's just assume that their starting five is is Porzingis, Horford, uh, the two Jays, and then you just pick the point guard. Where can they not score from, and right. what can they not? Do? Right. right. So, but the the one thing like, to your point that always pissed me off is would you get the everyone was just standing around the three point line, and no yeah. one no one would go for the rebound or try to make uh, try to cut down the lane. I don't yeah. know. I think on this team, like it's just going to be opened up so much more because even if Porzingis stays in just the corner the entire fucking time, he's going to take a big whip because he's he's seven fucking three. You can't yeah. leave someone in the lane, and it's just going to be easier to get that easy basket. But on the on the Rob Williams thing, one thing is I'm all for improving your game. I'm all for improving your mid range, especially. And I think that's one of the things that we don't talk about Jalen Brown enough is that you don't really see it in, in his field goal percentages, but. When he first came into the league, he was he was just like a primarily he was a dunker, like five feet within the rim. His mid range game is actually lethal now. When he when he's good, like that step back jumper, it, it's unbelievable. I don't think Rob yep. is that. Then agree more. <laughs> I do think that if, if he can shoot from ten feet, great. But I'm not sure I want to sacrifice him being the most efficient shooter in the league two years in a row when he's played more than fifty games. Oh, that was Davey Bowen. That's all. I, you know, you're not wrong, but just, just balance. I, 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 yeah. Do I do I want him to gamble someone's head? Absolutely. So I could go crazy in the Discord, of course. But every now and then, you know, once again, just just a little Florida. You know, you, you know got to You got to make him think about it. I, I'm not the low Florida. That's all. You got to make you got to make him think about it. This is the thing. If you if right. you're if you exactly. everybody here at some point has played in a defensive position in a sport, and the person you want to be defending is the person who is making you think about one thing. Because it's like, okay, right. maybe that one thing sucks to defend, but that's the thing I'm thinking about. This is the thing he's going to do every single time. If you're making him think, you know, if you're making him, if you're making him take pause, like, oh, he actually can hit that a couple times. Like, we don't ever do that as a team. Like, this, this is something that frustrates me. Like, to your point, Mike, like, Jalen Brown's mid-range game, right? Like, if I was, if, if Joe Mazzula was, like, everybody's high school basketball coach, he would be looking at Jalen Brown and me, be, go, saying right to him, at the start of every game, I want you to put two... Like just just two fucking pull up jump shots from the mid range just to get started, just like if they whether they go in or not, just like fucking two pull up jumpers from the fucking mid range. Like, and then if you hit both of those, they have to come towards you on defense and you fucking blow by them because you're you're probably almost certainly the fastest fucking player on the court over seven to to eight yards, right? So because his explosiveness is undeniable. I mean, we talk about yep. the, the drawbacks in his game and the things that he can improve on, but th that's because there's things that are. It, it, on the fucking record, like in the Bible already, that he is definitely really fucking good at and really elite at, you know? 
Um, and one of that is his athleticism. I mean, he is still, he's 26, about to turn 27, you know, and, and there's still a lot of dirt. There's a durable fucking players in their mid thirties in the NBA now, like it's 2023. So you look at that and you say, go out there and hit two fucking mid range jump shots. Because honestly, I don't really remember him missing those <laughs> like at the start. Of game. To be honest, yeah. like I, I, I can't, yeah, it, no, that's, it, yeah. it doesn't come to mind. So you go do that. Then you say something to Derek White along the lines of like, I'm talking about getting it back to basics at the start of the regular season here, essentially, in order to, to create a more complicated system. The way to do that, Mike, your original suggestion, defense, right? Like, obviously, that's, that's a way to do that. But I also don't want them to get fucking exhausted if we have a short rotation to start, because it, if you look at our top seven guys, we're in really great shape right now. But like, I'm a little concerned about like where Peyton Pritchard and, and et cetera, et cetera, sort of fit in. But that's another conversation. Uh, you say to Derek White, like, yo, I don't need you to score like for the first quarter. Like, I just don't need you to score. Like, if it's there, take it. But like, I need you to start facilitating and playmaking for everybody. Like, because you're now the starting point guard. Like, I'm not discouraging you from getting your floater. I'm not discouraging you from taking an open shot. Like, that's the way we play basketball. But you got to start looking for guys. Like, this is what we're doing here. You know, like, we're, we got we to move the ball around. So once everybody gets that first thing down, right? And, and, and Rob, you know, you say to Rob Williams something along those lines, like, protect the rim. And, you know, decoy here, set screens here, blah, blah, blah. Then you start adding things like, Rob, now it's time to pull out the fucking floater. Now it's time to pull out the drop step. Jalen, now it's time you can shoot threes from that corner. They're leaving you open in that corner. Then that's how you make teams pick their fucking poison against where, where you can score from everywhere, right? Because they, you start out, it's like an anaconda. You know, you start out where it's like, it's, it's just slowly, slowly coming around your neck. And then all of a sudden you're down 26 and you're like, how the fuck did that happen? That's how you take control of a basketball game with a team like this. This is how I've seen elite teams like this do this, right? With, with, with this much talent on a roster. If, uh, the, the best example I can point to is the good version of Eric Spolster's Heat with D-Wade, LeBron, and Chris Bosh on it, right? Where all of a sudden... You know, you'd be playing, you'd be playing, you'd be like, oh, I think I'm doing pretty good against LeBron. I think I'm doing pretty good against LeBron. And then it's like, boom, alley-oop. Holy shit, that alley-oop put us down 14? What the fuck? I like, and, and it's just like, right. it's like quicksand. Time out. I, yeah, like, oh shit, oh shit, time out, time out. And because because they would blister teams, but not right right away. You know, like, and I think this is a thing that the Celtics needed to do a little bit better at, at overall is they would have all these conversations in the locker room in between games about like, we're going to start so hot, da, da, da. It's like, no, dude. You're good. There's a lot of fucking basketball to play. We're a veteran team now. You're fine. You start to impose your will. Impose your will. And like like the, the most elite boxers you've ever seen, right? They come out and they go like, all right, what do you got? Like, they're not scared of getting punched. Like, what do you got? And then you slip a few punches. You block a few punches. Then you go, okay, my turn. And like, that's how I want to see the Celtics play basketball. That's how I want to see them grow finally into this veteran team. And I, and I hope... That, that makes me pretty because of how the crowd is. <laughs> because no, no, not not well, well, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, from, from a from a job standpoint, yeah, like that that part. Yeah, <laughs> but I no, I, I mean, from a how they basically, you know, this is just my PTSD from how they respond to things, right? Oh, totally. When yeah. that, whenever teams are, whenever teams they think they, whenever teams think they have a shot against us, they some guy usually goes crazy. And then next yeah. thing you know, it's like, oh, something's about 88, 75. It's like, yo, he was up 20 in the first half. But that's like, my what, point. That's what, my what point. Ha- and like, that's not oh. going away by starting, huh? And punching them in the mouth and trying to do all yeah. the things that we're, we're doing. What that's going away by welcoming it. That's going away by saying like, who we're, we're so much better than you. Like throw, throw at us what you got. 
I'm not saying don't play the fucking game. I'm saying let yeah. the game come easy to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like let like do you remember like when Jason Tatum first got in the league? Like I noticed this. We weren't doing a podcast yet, but I noticed this. I don't know if you guys did, but like how easily the game came to him. Like he just took the things that were there. And like there's been changes to his game where he and I, it's because he's elite now. It's because he's like more is required of him and like and, and et cetera, et cetera. This isn't a criticism, but that was one of the elite qualities that he had first coming into the league. It's like, take what's there, guys, because it's, there's going to be so many things there. Like, don't force it. Don't force it. Yep. And then then recognize the moment, you know, recognize the moment where it's time to step on their fucking neck and put them away, you know, because right. it, it, there is still this mentality issue with this Celtics team. And like, that's why specifically the Heat are, are our biggest kryptonite, right? Because they have this opposite mentality where they don't have nearly as much talent as us. Like, you can't fucking argue that they just don't. But they have this thing, right? Like they have this thing in their fucking heads where they can go like, we can get to these fucking chumps. Like we can start to fucking rattle them and piss them off and we can make Jalen Brown cough up the ball. I guess on the Jalen Brown theme, my point is, it's not necessarily that his handles need to get better. It's that he needs to know when to not put himself in that position to, to, to turn that ball over because it was always the worst possible fucking time, you know? And I just think it's like, that's the last bastion. You know, that's the last bridge we need to cross here. And if we don't, it's going to be the same well, story. Most, most times that happen, and maybe I'm wrong, but I just, I just think about what I've seen you know, on, on, on video. Most of those times happen in ISO. Yeah. Right? So he's trying to make a play, right? He's trying to make a play, which I, it's like, it's cool, but if, it, if, it, if they do what you have alluded to, what Mike's alluded to, uh, Bobby's alluded to, like everyone has been on the show has alluded to at some point. If you're running more pick a roll or, uh, which we ran none of, you know, by the way, yeah, like, you know, you know I mean, so, we just yeah, never so, did it. Yeah, if you run pick a roll, whether it be from the side or from the, but like I said, we talked about this, but I'm, I'm gonna say it again because it's, 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 it's it, it, it matters. We're we going to keep saying it until it happens all the time. Brown and Tatum should be in pick a rolls at least sixty percent of the time, at and least, at least, at least, you know. And for those that wonder, oh, why put your two best players? Look at look at the mid two thousands uh, Phoenix Suns team. Nat, um, Steve Nash and Mark Stoudemire were run picker roles, and there's nothing you can do to stop it. It's it still to this day the most unstoppable play in basketball when it's run correctly. It's it's there. And once again, Tatum to me, I I let I let Tatum be the guy that's or let Brown be the one that rolls to the basket. I feel like he's the better finisher at the run than Tatum at times. He's just, he's just he's stronger than him. Even though, I mean, I know Tatum's a little bit bigger, but I just I think to me that that would be that that that's that's where it happened. Once again, he tried to do ISO stuff. That's where most of that's where most of the mistakes happen. Once again, you eliminate that if you put them in action, put the defender in action where they can't yeah. just fight around and, yeah. and hit ball. So that, that's that's what was happening too. It's like right. These guys have long arms, so duh. Yeah, of course. Because we're so long as a team. Like from one from one to five, we're so fucking long as a team now. And like, especially looking at like Derek White as as a starting point guard. But to your point, like, yes, I do agree that we should be running plays centered around the pick and roll, the pick and pop. Now, especially with Porzingis, like a seven foot three guy in there, like why why would you waste it? But trigger points that you run in drills in in practice, where it's like if you see Jalen Brown get stuck in isolation because the play's broken down. Don't worry about the shot clock. That should trigger one of two guys to come set a screen, right? Instead, yes. it's everybody standing around fucking looking at him, right? Like that, like those trigger moments where it's like, okay, he's getting caught on an island right now. He we didn't set up this ISO on purpose. It's not a mismatch. The play's broken down. 
we got like Rob, Al, Kristaps, Jason, like these guys, these big, long guys that, that see, recognize this happening. The second yeah. it happens, bang, set a screen. You're right over there to set the screen. And we, because we run the pick and roll so much in, in this hypothetical magical fucking wonderland where we, where we play good basketball, <laughs> because we run the, run the pick and roll so much, we know how to do it. Additionally, if we're doing that all the time in practice, we finally know how to get around screens defensively. Right. <laughs> so or, it's or even, like it all fucking trickles down. Or even, even with, the, with the zones too, like, the fact that we get beat by a, a gimmick play in basketball, well, it, it, so it, fucking, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, it's 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 yes, and it, it it definitely is a gimmick uh, defense. But the the thing is, to me now, if that's the case, and I think about the Miamis, I think about you know, I think how even how Philly, Ransom stuff, uh, Milwaukee as well. You know, teams are getting away from from man defenses because everyone can't guard their yard. So yes. now you have who should be the ultimate, uh, you know. I, 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 I literally drew a blank that quickly, but uh, oh, <laughs> the ultimate, so the, the ultimate zone buster, excuse me, the ultimate zone buster, and and Porzingis, and he he, as soon as that happens, put the guy who's seventy three in the middle, someone has to come. Then that, that's good. That's always going to be right. Someone has to, but someone has to move up. That has to happen every time, or just let us score literally. every single time. There, those are your two <laughs> Rob Rob should be the guy that's coming either for the right or left hand side. You throw it up to him. Like it's it's an yeah. M one or someone's getting fouled like that to me. That's an interesting point, actually, Mike. Do you that, 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 that you that. can run that you can run that every time against his own, and you, you know that yeah. you have you have to break them out of it at some yeah. point. Mike, do you what, do you think we're gonna run that double big with Chris Snaps and, and Rob? Because that sounds that's fucking eye watering, honestly. Wait, he, he, he said he said he said Orford though, so I I, I would I would or, or Horford. Yeah, I I mean I I think just based off of Rob's availability, I mean. He, he's oh, ideal. Yeah. Like, if he can stay healthy, sure. Oh, yeah. But, <laughs> but, but if, uh, if time off, Lord, he's healthy all year. And yeah, do it because you saw what happened in, in the Philadelphia series. Yeah. Like you, they just didn't, they, they did not know what to do. And now you're big. Is it 6'10? He's 7'3. Yeah. But, you know, he, he's unavoidable. He, 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 wor- he worked on being. Uh, when Washington came to Philly last year, I, I, I watched the highlights after we made the trade. And Bead was stuck in stuck in cement. <laughs> and that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to seeing him be stuck in cement. Because once again, Embiid recovers pretty well for a guy his size. He, he recovers really well. But when a guy that can shoot the way that uh, Porzingis can shoot, like, he was out there looking lost. And I mean, yeah, I, but you I, can I, I look, I look forward to him looking lost plenty of times. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I, as Philadelphia is currently constituted, I hope they do some shit because as they're currently constituted with all the hardened stuff and, and everything that's going on there and, you know, that process, I, I think we would four of them in a, in a playoff series right now with uh, like in theory and theoretical. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm at the, and after what happened last year, I know because Mike was laughing at me and rightfully so because I, I lost my mind. Uh, during series, <laughs> but yeah, listen, it's 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 been it's been forty years, and once again, until until that actually happens, so I hear Eddie Palladino say, and that's the ball game, you know, the Sixers win the series, whatever, four three or four one, whatever it may be. Like we all have to continue like, to donate was, was, to the child support fund of Philadelphia. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Are there their daddy? <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. Still got a pony up, baby. <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm, I'm 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 listen, I'm 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 out on thinking they're gonna once again they may make it competitive, but. Then they're not going to beat, uh, you know, Boston during during this time. Not not right. now. Anyways. So uh, as it is the end of July and August is coming up, football is sort of going to start to take over this parish 
So I would love to hear on sort of the last, most likely the one of the one of the last conversations we have in full force about the Celtics until this season is almost upon us. I would love to hear everybody's like overall pessimism, optimism of where we are right now. And just a couple of thoughts maybe on uh, what minor moves at this point you would like to see. Mike, I'll start with you. Yeah, I think, you know, we, we all at the end of when the season ended, we all we all said if they don't make major moves and if they don't make major coaching moves like this, they're just going to run this back and it's going to be the same shit. Now, I, I would argue that they didn't make major coaching moves. That I would have preferred you know, Sam Joe, Castell to be our head coach, to be honest with you, but right. That's but not going to happen. So. Joe's still here. They, they bolt up uh, the assistants around him. And I would say that, you know, Brad Stevens was fucking cold as ice to get rid of Marcus. That, that's a ballsy move. Yeah. And well, I think, I think I, his GM career hinges on it, to be quite honest with you. Like, I, I, yeah. think, he put, I think he pushed all his chips in the middle with, with, this, with this move. So we'll see. Yeah, but you, you went out and you fundamentally changed the way that this team has to play on the court. So I, I am, you know, believe it or not, pretty optimistic about this team uh, as of right now. I think that there, there could be a couple of, uh, you know, I was under the radar moves, but, you know, Ray and I talked about this a couple weeks ago. I think that the big thing I'm going to be looking for, like, as we get closer to the start of the regular season, is the development of uh, Jordan Walsh. What yep. can he be in his first year? Because if he can be, you know, just a monicum of what we saw in Summer League, then I think our top seven, you know, we're, we're getting the relief that we need. Now he's now he's there too. Right. Over over under uh, sixty six games for for Jordan Walsh. Uh, no, over uh, under on wins. Win, wins and losses. Oh, over. I'm I'm, I'm going to say under. But if the over under was fifty seven, I'd I'd take over. Well, sixty six is what we won last year, right? No, no, they won fifty seven. Fifty seven. Yeah, they won sixty six. Year they won they won the oh yeah, yeah, yeah they won yeah. championship. Um, I mean, I mean, let, let, I, listen, I'm, I'm right there. With, I, I, I would love for them to win 66. 66 would be great. great. Over um, under 57. Yeah, I'll take uh, over. Yeah, yeah I, I'm, 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 I'll go. I'll, I'll, I'll say they stay right there. I think they don't go over or not. Just, they, they stay right there at 57. And I think that would be enough to get the one seed. I feel like uh, other teams, or well, this is how the seed, obviously. Can, can I just make, before you keep going, Ray, sorry to interrupt you, but if yep. game goes to Miami, that changes everything that I just said, by the way. I just want to point um, that out there, just to cover my own ass. So, on, so I think on paper, yeah, I think it would change that. Jeremy, honestly, they already had a better. But, yeah, I, I, and, and, and the only reason why it wouldn't be once again, it'd be fun to see him down. There. I'm, I'm not going. I'm not going to say it'd be that fan. Oh, it, it was like no, he, he would be phenomenal down there. Like he, he would be a great addition. But because they have lost so much behind Bam right. and Jimmy, yeah. once again, I, I like I like their first round pick. Like he, he's gonna he's gonna be nice. He was top twelve player of the year. Jaime, they draft well. I mean, they just yeah, they they, they draft well. So their first round pick, he, he's he's going to be nice eventually. I mean, it wasn't getting you know they get hero back, whatever. So they, they'll still be they're trying to shop him because now, yeah, they would they would but, have a shot. Yeah, exactly. But they'll, they'll always have a shot as long as Bowman, the rest of the British are there. So I'm I'm that I I I hear you on, on that. But yeah, I mean, I mean I think you know I like I said I like I said, I you know I talked about it on the show with David and Bobby a few weeks ago. You know, had a chance to remove that anger cloud. You know, myself and a lot of us have. Like, yeah, I mean, listen, I'm gonna have moments where I'm like, "Yo, I'm I'm annoyed or I'm pissed off." Obviously, but I, I would not sit here and be hypocritical and say and say otherwise. But yeah, this this team this team will show, I think, others why you know they made the moves they made. And once again, you cannot cry about them wanting or or not wanting but needing to make a change 
And then they make the changes and the changes, you know, somehow end up working. And you still find a way to complain. It's just like, what? It's just like that. That's welcome that's, to Celtics Twitter. My yeah, friend. well, so, so it's just like that, that's, that's unbelievable. Like, same, same thing's going on with, with you know, with, with the Red Sox too. But that's another conversation for another day. But it's like, it's, it's it's wild. It's just like look, this. I'm 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 gonna and once again, hold me to this because I'm saying it on air. I'm I'm gonna do better with just trying to enjoy the moment. Honestly, this team is you already really did good. last year. Really last good. year you were like a new man. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah. So as just I'm trying, yeah, I'm trying to enjoy the moment. It's like, look, you know, I'll be, I'll be a bit angry. I'll be angry during the playoffs because it's like it, it matters more. But yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying the moment. Like regular season, just you know, just play hard, and that, that, that's my biggest thing. And you know, make sure the teams know you're, you're the best team coming into the building, whether you're a TD guard or on the road. And, I, and I'm fine with that. If they stay healthy and they develop like the chemistry before the All Star break, and let's just say that they're, you know, they're over 500. I think that that's, I, I'm okay with that. I want them to approach the season like we want them to approach the games. They don't need to start right. 21 and 1 because it doesn't matter. They just need to I'm make okay. sure everything. Okay. 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 I mean, I'm not going go to go to the I'm going to promise you right now, I, I'm not going to abandon them if they don't because right. I'd much rather see a team finish strong. In it's the a very half. different team now. We got to figure some shit right. out. And honestly, right. like, I, I think that's a great place to end on. I think that I'll just say, lastly, finally, Brad Stevens, I, I've said some things about your ability to uh, get players over a certain height onto this team. I know you're a short king yourself, and I know you wanted some of your people from like whatever woodland fucking forest you come from to uh, to come and play elf basketball. But thank you so much for getting Kristaps Porzingis because right now I'm in my absolute fucking egg thinking about the potential of Kristaps Porzingis or anybody over seven feet tall playing for this team. Whatever the reality is, I'm, not, I'm, I'm in my fucking favorite place. So thank you for being a Keebler elf, but seeing that the Giants had something. <laughs> so on that note, for myself, Hollywood Ray and Mike Marcangelo, this has been Missing the Point. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonize your mind, body, and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together, we explore vibrations, frequencies, and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress, and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today. Hey guys, it's Miriam Love here. And I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electric House Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love. Available now wherever you listen to music. Electric acid.